Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News, and welcome to Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's groove it. Let's move it. Let's get on home. It's a Friday afternoon commute. We made it through the first week of 2023. Did you get fired? Did you quit? Did you hate your boss? Did you get that big bonus? Who knows? Who cares? We're listening to the show. Have a cold beer or, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing, a, a green tea, celery water, whatever it is, uh, crush one for me. Oh, don't have a beer if you're driving, unless it's one of those self-driving cars. Wouldn't that be nice if the self-driving cars let you have at least just one nice... I've always said this. Why is it, if the blood alcohol level has to be below a .08, why can't you install a device on your car that lets you sip on like just a nice happy hour beverage, but it, it keeps you below a .08? And once you get to like a .06, it's like, all right, slow down there on the Tecate. I don't know, just a thought. Don't run that by my insurance companies. But here we are. We've got so much to get into today. We've got a interview with Jess Ambrose. She's a good friend of the former uh, podcast Chatty Broads. She stops by for a 15-minute chat. I'm going to save that for the end of this podcast. So if you just want to listen to the 15-minute chat, go to the last 15 minutes or so. Check that out. Maybe the last 20 minutes and you can have that info. Uh, we've got uh, a Prince Harry story. We have an update on the Prince Harry drama that's out there. Oh my gosh, it's getting ugly. You thought it was ugly before. It's getting uglier. Of course, Prince Harry uh, has excerpts leaked from his new memoir where he uh, basically says he got attacked. He got pushed down and had his necklace ripped off by his brother. Uh, the royal uh, family is in royal shambles, uh, and it's very interesting. So we got that video a clip for you here on the podcast. Plus, I want to have an update on Damar Hamlin. You guys know we've been following the story on Damar Hamlin. Uh, Second-year safety from Buffalo Bills uh, collapsed with a cardiac arrest live Monday night, and the world, at least the nation, watched in shock and awe. He's making a recovery. Just found out he actually FaceTimed with the Buffalo Bills team. I got to tell you, not that it matters because it certainly doesn't. The sport, it does not matter. Human life matters. But I got to tell you, as a New England Patriots fan it, uh, who have to play the Buffalo Bills this week, good luck. These Bills are going to be playing for the uh, for just so there's the, the camaraderie and the ability for them all to rally behind DeMar as he recovers is humbling to see. It's a reminder that sports, you know, while, hey, it's good to, you know, get out there and, you know, have something to root for. What really brings us together when it's all said and done is humanity. And it's so good to see uh, everyone come together and wish DeMar Hamlin well. Uh, Nine or ten minutes of CPR, right? So he was essentially... I don't know if that that means he was he I don't think he was never pronounced dead but he was literally it needed life-saving CPR for 10 minutes long in front of the world and it was horrific to watch the uh, the, the game has been canceled. First time a game has been canceled since I think the 1980s when the game was canceled during the uh, player strike. So this, uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out in the playoffs. But what's important is his health. And we're happy to see that he's making progress because I tell you what, for a minute there, I thought we were going to be reporting on some horrific news. But uh, in a world where there's a lot of hate, divisiveness, um, there's a lot of fighting on social media and everything, it is so good to see so many people come together for a common cause, and that is rooting a guy's on as he struggles and fights for his life. So uh, proud to see that we can still do that. All right, folks. Well, 
before we get to the Prince Harry story, I got a fun one for you right now that we're going to start off with. I put this on my best of 2023 list. I've got for you guys a <laughs> a lady who's going to be on the next season of The Bachelor. She uh, announces in the same TikTok that she's both di- getting a divorce or has been divorced and is going on a dating show. So clearly there's a lot, uh, a lot going on there. And I want to play that for you guys next. Here's our first clip of the day. It's uh, The Bachelor Rush Hour. Before I tell you about the Victoria story of the new lady on The Bachelor who shows she's divorced by hard launching on social media, I have this one clip I want to play about Bachelor Party, the podcast, and what they had to say about the live stream reveal of the women of the season of The Bachelor. Have a listen. Your For You pages. That does not happen to me on my. I don't know what my For You pages either. <laughs> I get on like every six days and it's usually to research something for work. So it's pretty chaotic. But I just think it's so, so strange that The Bachelor of all shows would choose TikTok as the medium. Like this True. is not a young audience to audience. Put, maybe put it on Instagram live. But why even do it live? Put it on YouTube. Do you know how I ultimately watch this TikTok feed? By watching another guy watch it on YouTube because I'm a millennial and it was a terrible experience. What did he think? Like, what did the other guy think about it? Nothing. There's nothing to think about these bio reveals. Like they literally just read it. In fact, the funniest part was I'm going to, his name is, uh, his name is Dave Neal, and he seems to do a lot of this, oh, yeah. like, watching live yes. streaming. He's a um, he's like a Bachelor influencer. He had to be, oh, really? <laughs> I think he so, had to yeah. be on screen for so long that he had to, like, get a snack in the middle of this. Like, he was on for two <laughs> hours trying to get through this entire thing. And so at one point, I had to watch him eat cheese, which was personally very difficult for me. But oh I do appreciate the effort that he put into getting the very boring TikTok to me. Yeah, Dave uh, Neal's, uh, like, a big person in, like, Bachelor YouTube, believe it or not. Uh, well, there it is, folks. Um, I know I, that name. <laughs> I know that name. I love Lamp. I know that name. Well, listen, I mean, come on. YouTube's the biggest search engine in the world. It's owned by Google. YouTube's way bigger than TikTok or Instagram or all these other places. You're damn right we're big. We're big because of you, because of our audience, because of the fun conversations we can have in between other conversations, because you guys nominated me best YouTuber of 2022 right here, and also nominated me best uh, wife of best YouTuber. Of, so the whole, you know, so, so trophies stacked on top of trophies we have here. But I have to say, uh, congratulations to Bachelor Party. You have made it onto my soundboard. Dave Neal is like a big person in like Bachelor YouTube, believe it or not. Now, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> were they throwing shade at me? Believe it or not. Believe it or not, this guy can eat cheese. That's how you know comedy's working out well when you can just eat dairy products and the people will still watch you. Now, look, maybe people watch me because it's an untapped market here, or maybe we've just chosen a kind of fun way to watch the show. Comedians job is to be in the room and to acknowledge the funny thing that's happening, whether it be political, personal relationships, whatever it is. If something funny happens, the comic has to acknowledge it. When there's a train wreck, when we're watching this show and it is hot garbage, yeah, I'm going to go get some cheese and I'm going to make it fun. You guys know that. All right. But anyway, thank you to Bachelor Party. I don't know. And let me know, Bachelor Party. I don't know if they've changed their Instagram handle or if I'm blocked. They may have me blocked on their Instagram. So if the only reason they've heard of me is through YouTube is because you have to unblock me. Come on, I'll go on your show. You'll get some new YouTube subscribers or whatever. Don't you want some fans? I know they got them. But anyway, let's get into this story. So here we have...
have a people's headline that just came out. Uh, Zach's bachelor hopeful reveals she's divorced through casting announcement. Hard launch. Victoria Jameson said her bachelor casting and divorce was the hardest secret to keep. And there she is. The cat is out of the bag. Victoria is newly single. Let's play the TikTok where she announces she's divorced while announcing she's on The Bachelor. I mean, literally, how many more announcements can you make? Should, should we do a gender reveal? It's, uh, to pack those things into the same TikTok, no wonder she's got a million TikTok followers, basically, because, look, she doesn't need The Bachelor. I said this to her. I think The Bachelor needs her. You know, The Bachelor should have a lot of these bigger influencers on because, A, it means they don't need to show to, like, build clout, fame, or fortune, and, B, we can get some authentic couples out there. It's late-stage capitalism. I want to see a couple be happily married. What are you going to do after you get married? We're going to start a Patreon account. What are you going to do after you have kids? We're going to join OnlyFans. Come on, get with it. It's 2023. Here's the TikTok. And the title of this TikTok is uh, the title. Hard launch. I'm divorced. Tune into my second chance at love on The Bachelor. Premieres January 23rd. I get one epic photo so that my ex-husband knows that I'm having a better life without him. you, Bradley. So I'm going to post a photo to let my ex-husband know I'm having a better life without him. F you, Bradley. Of course, this is just an audio, but, to, you know. And then when she put this on Instagram, she said, how could I not use this audio, though? Let's watch it one more time. One epic photo so that my ex-husband knows that I'm having a better life without him. F you, Bradley. There it is. There's the drama. And that's how you bring it before you even exit the limo. My hope for Victoria Jameson is that she exits the limo with like a folder. And Zach's like, nice to meet you. What's in the folder? And she's like, these are my divorce papers. <laughs> and she and then she goes straight to camera and she goes, Jeffrey, you've been served. And that becomes like her tagline, Victoria. No matter where she goes, hey, it's Victoria. You've been served. She's got like her own like, like a daytime talk show. Hey, welcome to the Victoria show where you've been served. Dave Neal's like a big person. Okay, so anyway, just so you know, Victoria, I'm a big person here on YouTube. Do I exist on TikTok? Yeah. Do I have any followers over there? No. We're kind of keeping all of our energy uh, with uh, the older millennials here on YouTubes. On the YouTubes. All right. anyway, so she's got that, and then what else did she post? So since that, that, just just 20 minutes ago, by the way, Victoria, yeah, we make content fast here. We ain't waiting for Monday. We're doing this. Eyebrows look great as they have to. Contractually, if you were on a Victoria, you need perfect eyebrows. She said, OMG, I saw this on E! News, or she's replying to a comment, and she said, can't thank everyone enough for all the love and encouragement. Shut up, it is not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. All right, let's watch that again, but let's pause so we can see what she's saying. And for those listening on the audio only, I'm going to read this for you. It's our new pal, Victoria Jameson. Um, I mean, look, if you're going to spill this type of drama, and again, it's all in good fun. For all, for we all know her ex. Uh, I don't know. We don't know if there was a cheat. We don't know anything that went down. Maybe they just weren't in love. Maybe maybe he's a Republican uh, congressman who came out of the closet. We don't remember that guy. He lied about his resume, that whole deal. It's kind of a throwback to another story. But if you don't follow politics, you're like, what are you talking about, Dave? But if you do, you're like, Dave, you're really smart. Shut up, it is not. So here it is, Zach's. Okay, so this is the first one. She does the, oh my gosh, I can't look at the sun during an eclipse kind of face. Uh, nice, nice. She got the nails done and everything. She's That's that's the divorcee I, I know right there. Nails are done, ready to go. High pony. It is. No, it's- and then she posts this. TikTok star reveals the hard launch of her divorce by joining The Bachelor. And so we have that. And nah, then yes, it- the final one. Fans are flooding to support an influencer who hard launched her divorce by revealing she'll be on the upcoming season of The Bachelor. So uh, at the very least, Victoria Jameson knows how to make 
headlines before the show even starts. And I have to say that might be the this might be one of the biggest non like um, canceling headlines before a show. Now, normally, you know, the, unfortunately, because I, I, I really could care less about canceling people before they even go on the show. But a lot of times, oh, so and so voted this way. Oh, so and so did this or so and so, you know, was, you know, had a lemonade stand and didn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, join the Better Business Bureau. I don't know what you guys are doing out there. Right. <laughs> could you but could you imagine at the age of 12, Victoria Jameson had a lemonade stand and she didn't pay taxes on ninety two dollars in earnings uh, either way. So there she is um, uh, and uh, doing her thing. And she's also friends with uh, bachelor folks. So she's already in the know. I'm sure she had a shorthand, uh, you know, a speed dial to the producers and the producers were probably like, wait, you're divorced and you want to go back on the show and you have a huge social media following. And they were like, um, we're going to need to bring her back in. Oh, I hit the wrong button. They're like, we're going to need to bring her back in here. Just bring, bring in all the tea and tea will be served. And speaking about serving tea, Here's the Harry, I was going to say the Harry Potter. <laughs> Can you imagine? Here's the Prince Harry story. A wild brawl breaks out. And by brawl, we actually mean Prince, uh, the, the uh, was he second in line for the throne now? Prince um, William pushes his brother down, rips a necklace off of him. Uh, and this is all coming out like, like right now. We're just finding out about this. Follow me on Instagram for more of that content. Plus if you want stand up show updates and also don't forget bachelor rush hour is my afternoon pop culture podcast. You can check out link in the comment section below. So we're seeing what the different news organizations are saying. Harry's book leaked. Prince alleges he was physically attacked by William after the alleged altercation. The Duke of Sussex claims the Prince of Wales told him there was no need to tell Megan about what had happened, but he did tell her eventually after she noticed scrapes and bruises on his back. Apparently, he cut his back after being pushed onto a dog bowl. This is wild stuff. Now, people are going to say, why is Prince Harry talking about all this? Why is he sharing family information? And you have to remember, Prince Harry tried to go through all the, you know, relative uh, systems to report things. His wife uh, was suicidal. And the, uh, the, 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 the people that are in charge of the royal family did nothing to help. Now, it's been talked about extensively that the royal family has a sort of um, a one-way line to talk to all of the different smut rags, the gossip, uh, the gossip uh, newspapers in England and in the UK, and they can trade stories. Uh, here, take this story about um, Prince Harry and don't do the one about, I don't know, the, the members of the royal family that are, you know, working, that are, you know, accused of heinous crimes or paying off people that have uh, committed atrocious behavior, like using your position of power to sleep with possibly and allegedly underage women. So there's huge things out there. Could it have been just a question that the uh, royal family was giving these publications uh, the stories and the gossip revolving around Prince Harry and Meghan Markle as a way to sort of uh, turn them away from what was actually going down in the drama that existed. Let's see what the news is saying. Here's uh, what CBS New York had posted about it. Prince Harry discusses new memoir in 60 Minutes interview, which I think is coming out tonight. In a revealing new interview for 60 Minutes, Prince Harry talks about his new memoir, Spare. The prince reflected on his childhood, the death of his mother, and moving to the U.S. Speaking to Anderson Cooper, Prince Harry said he and his wife felt betrayed by his family when details about their future plans were leaked to the British media. They will feed or have a conversation with 
the correspondent. And that correspondent will literally be spoon-fed information and write the story. And then the bottom of it, they will say that they've reached out to Buckingham Palace for comment. Mm. But the whole story is Buckingham Palace commenting. So when we're being told for the last six years, we can't put a statement out to protect you, but you do it for other members of the family, there becomes a point when silence is betrayal. You can see the full interview this Sunday. All right, so it's on Sunday. So yeah, this is, um, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my uh, reversible... Uh, my adjustable uh, desk up. I'm going to stand right now. My Apple Watch told me to stand. Anyway, so you see this this situation play out, and people that uh, maybe don't like uh, Prince Harry or Meghan Markle, they'll say, "Well, wh why are you going public with this when all you said you was you wanted your your privacy?" And you have to remember, his character and Meghan's character has been destroyed in this whole saga. They moved to Canada. They they moved away from all of this, and the paparazzi followed them. Literally, boats hanging out outside of their property. They had their security detail pulled with only a week's notice like sure they can afford their own security it was a point that they were really put in crazy situations when the royal family has every ability whatsoever to help them out if they're in dire you know need for help now again when we look at like like it does prince harry have any um a sort of fear uh for his safety that's unwarranted it's very warranted his mom died his mom died after dealing with these same paparazzi that get crazy amounts of money from the news organizations the news is actually worse now it's international right so it's international it's social media it's 24-hour news cycle of course uh, I'm on the side of Prince Harry. I'm assuming some of you guys won't be. Oh, Meghan Markle's this, Meghan Markle's that. She's self-made. She doesn't need the royal money, and that is a threat to the royal family because a royal family, like any, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna compare it to a cult or, or um, like, say you work for the family, the family business. Buckingham Palace is the family business. You have to do as your dad says, because he pays the bills. Well, as long as you're under my house, you have to follow my rules. Remember that? Did that trigger anyone out there? Megan and Harry don't have to follow their rules. And yet, after moving away, there's still just nonsense being spewed from the uh, the uh, PR uh, because it's easier to maybe throw Megan and Harry to the wolves than to deal with the, the actual atrocities that are happening in this like uh, outdated empire that exists. Uh, let's go down to, I think, what did I want this at the 52 second mark? Let's show you guys the 52 second mark. We're going to start sharing this interview here. And every single time I've tried to do it privately, there have been briefings and leakings and planting of stories against me and my wife. So that's what Harry says. Every time I've tried to follow the steps that they want, stories have been leaked, planted. Prince Harry discusses in his documentary, which of course is Prince Harry in Meghan Markle's side of things, but the documentary on Netflix, he tries to say, look, I only emailed my dad. I only emailed him saying we're moving to Canada and it got leaked within days, right? We saw that play out. I think that's how it went down. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure whoever leaked it necessarily wasn't his dad. I'm, there's a prior communications team that reads the emails, but it's like Prince Harry can't even have a quiet moment with his grandma, with some of his family members without it becoming news. Do you really think that they asked for all of this? Do you really think that he was born we talk about being born into privilege. Sure, he was born into privilege, but he was born into this 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 wretched curse uh, where he has seen it and says, "Look, I just want to be normal." Maybe he just wants to go to a farmer's market. You know, he you know, it seems like his intentions are in the right direction, and I really just wish we could value that more. 
I really wish we could value the fact that like that like the royal family is like this big business corporation. Sure, they do charity. They're essentially just a PR firm. That's all they are, right? They don't they just like they're just PR. But they have to be that in order to maintain their monarchy. They have to be that or else other countries go, what are you even doing for us? We don't need you. In an interview with 60 Minutes airing Sunday, Harry claims he tried to resolve things with his family behind closed doors, but alleges the palace used the media against him and his wife, Meghan. The family motto is never complain, never explain, but it's just a motto and it doesn't really hold. There's a lot of complaining and a lot of explaining. Private being done in through leaks. Through leaks. Ironically, it's now part of Harry's new book, Spare, that's apparently been leaked to a British newspaper, The Guardian, with a sensational accusation. So so apparently Prince Harry really went through every uh, every method possible to make sure that this wasn't leaked. Not that it really matters, but of course the news organizations got a hold of it and uh, there's some wild accusations in there. That his brother Prince William the heir to the British throne. What are these stupid outfits they have to wear? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's try- what is this cosplay? I don't want to trigger some uh, royal family. And, and I know in the US, we all, uh, you militaries always have uniforms, but it's like, who is this guy? Physically assaulted his younger sibling. Look at all the, the ropes he's got to wear. <laughs> if, if, you're, if, if your car ever gets stuck in the mud and you need someone to tow it out, look for a Prince William. He's got the ropes. He can just, okay. Harry claims William described Meghan as difficult, rude, and abrasive, according to the report, before grabbing his collar. By the way, that that in itself wouldn't be a news story. It's like everyone's everyone's in-law or a buddy or like, dude, your buddy's girl or your husband's this. He's, you know, whatever. Like, we're, we're all opinionated. That's not news. What comes up next is news. Ripping his necklace and knocking him to the floor. Harry claims he fell on a dog bowl, which cracked, cutting his back. He says William later apologised. Good morning. Well, it's nice that William apologised, but just real, real dramatic things happen here in Nottingham Palace or wherever the hell they are. Britain breaking news this morning, an extraordinary allegation from Prince Harry that he was physically attacked by his brother William during a row over Meghan Markle in 2019. Harry and Meghan are unpopular in the UK, some here saying they're sick of hearing the couple's complaints. In their Netflix series, Harry had already alleged that William screamed at him in a meeting about the couple's public roles. It was terrifying to have my brother um, scream and shout at me. But an alleged physical assault by a senior member of the royal family in the modern era is simply unprecedented. And look, and you know what? I'm sure Prince Harry knows this, and maybe this is what they never wanted to share in their Oprah interview, and they said, there's things we're never going to share. Maybe this was it. But it's like, look, they've tried every other thing. You know, if you've got any kids, whatever, they're acting out, it's like, you got to listen to your kids when they're acting out. You got to, when when someone thinks they've got, they've tried every, when, when someone thinks they've exhausted every other, other option listen just listen like the fact that they weren't able to have a sit-down meeting and iron this all out like you really think do you really think that prince harry's um asks and his demands were were that crazy they just want to protect protect their children you know it's it seems like i don't know maybe maybe you guys i might be maybe you guys have completely different opinions here let me know leave a comment but to me it's like the cry for help for normalcy like I think that's okay. I don't, I, I just struggle with understanding why so many people defend the monarchy.
what what precedent like is it because the new is because we have our you know our bias because of the things we've read in the news which of course is information that the pr of the family wants us to have but like all they did was move to vancouver island and then to uh california and by the way i am waiting if you know to see if i can run into them in a farmer's market can you imagine i'm looking for avocados i'm like hey prince h how are you Harry reportedly claims in the leak from his book that his father, King Charles, begged his sons not to make his final years a misery. Wouldn't your brother say to you, Harry, how could you do this to me? After everything, after everything we went through, wouldn't that be what he would say? He'd probably say all sorts of different things. Despite everything that's happened, in an interview with Britain's ITV airing this Sunday, Harry apparently suggests he still wants to reconcile with his family. Look, you know, I don't know if they, if they know these terms in the in the UK, but we have a guy that can help out. His name's Mari Povich. If we can just get Mari Povich to bring out Prince Harry and Prince William to figure this out. Look, it's nasty. It's out there. Um, to defend Prince William here, apparently he did a apologize but it just goes to show how like you'd think prince william first in line for the throne after his dad there is willing to um put throne and property and all that and you know the monarchy over over brotherhood and we've got some other stories on the youtube channel which i'm not going to be sharing here one of them was you know an interview that jesse palmer did on the bachelor happy hour podcast it's just not that interesting guys so i'm not going to bring it here you can i mean i'll, I'll tell you what's interesting my commentary i mean i hate to pat myself on the back and say my commentary is interesting but what i have to say about the interview is pretty interesting but jesse basically to summarize too long didn't listen to summarize jesse says that the new season of the bachelor is the most emotional of anything he's been a part of so far in that uh, when Zach has to let the women leave, you know, when he has to fire them, you're fired, uh, which is essentially what he's doing. He, uh, come to the boardroom, you're fired. Uh, when he does that, when he has HR walk them out, he um, he gets very emotional. So <laughs> there's not much there, so I just saved 10 minutes off your life. But uh, again, if you want more content, you know where to find it. And uh, I've got a Chris Harrison uh, video also coming to the YouTube. I don't have it prepared yet for the podcast, so you're going to have to check that out on the YouTube only. Chris Harrison released some video of his upcoming podcast, which of course launches Monday, and we will be covering that exclusively. And speaking of exclusive content, here's my chat with Jess Ambrose. I'm so excited to talk to Jess Ambrose here with the Christmas tree in the background. How you doing? Hello. Thank you so much for having me on, Dave. I know it's, I, I can't, I cannot take it down. I attempted to push myself to do it yesterday. And my daughter was like devastated. She's like, please one more week. I'm like, all right, you don't have to ask me twice. We still have unopened presents. And I think it's because my wife knows we can't take the tree down if we don't open the rest of our presents. I think that's her plan. See, I like the way she thinks. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way she thinks. If you don't, if you don't open them, you can't take it down. It's impossible. So speaking of Christmas gifts, you've dropped upon us a new a new YouTube show and podcast called Your Mom and Dad. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And again, thank you so much for having me on. I so appreciate it. Oh, of course. I mean, look, you know, I don't know if you know this. I criticize all Bachelor podcast channels for their audio, for their lack of audio and video quality. Your channel is so good. Your set design is better than Oh, look, it's one of the best I've ever seen. If there's an Emmy for set design. Oh my God. Well, no, but seriously, like for everyone who's listening or watching, go check it out. What, what are, how did you do that? What's, what was the strategy? Tell me about the whole behind the scenes of it. 
You know, I have to tell you, I can take literally zero credit for it. It's 100% my husband. He did all of it. So the only thing that I had a say in was because with our cover art and the name, your mom and dad, we wanted to kind of of have like a retro feel, 60s, 70s-ish. So I just told him, you can design whatever that's kind of a 60s, 70s, just like 70s-ish living room. And I came into the studio and he had it fully done. Amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the first thing I go is those chairs. <laughs> and it's, it's so important as podcasters and interview to, when you conduct an interview to feel like you are at home. It feels like we are sitting in your home as we watch you have that first conversation, which of course your first episode had a bunch of bachelor alumni, very smart move here. But tell me about the, tell me about the growth and the strategy of what you hope to, to kind of share creatively. You know, Exactly what you were saying, just the idea of kind of being in the home. Technically, we are at our house. Our studio is in our home. So it's like going into another living room. And we just kind of wanted to continue the energy we love talking about the reality TV and the recapping portion. We're going to be doing all different shows and and different pop culture. But him and I just kind of wanted this cozy energy. We talk nonstop together. It's a 24-7 affair. And so we thought, you know what? We love the audience and we want to have them be like part of this family and we want that energy. So when we have guests coming in, we want it to feel like you're in our living room and we're having kind of a really personal conversation. And then as far as the reality TV recapping piece, we want it to feel a little more like you're hearing again, from two people who've absolutely never been on the show. So almost like listening to an old married couple's parents' perspective of what they're viewing on reality TV, which might be very wrong, but you know. Now, you might you might think I'm overly uh, complimentary, but I got to tell you, go go through my other interviews. I don't think I'm always this nice. I got to tell you, when I met you, in person, I felt such a warmth and like soul connection. Do you just do this to everybody? Like, what's your, are you this warm? Are people, do, do you, do the, do you get out of speeding tickets? Like what's, you, you, I've never gotten out of a speeding ticket. I just start crying. It's never worked. <laughs> um, but you're, you're so kind, honestly. Well, first of all, I was, because we saw each other in person for the first time at Stefan Lovegrove's ball. And to be perfectly honest, I had like a fangirl moment too. I just, I'm such a big fan of yours. I get most all of my updates from the Dave Neal show. Um, So I was so excited to see you. I also just feel as someone who's also in this like entertainment world, I just admire your hustle, like nobody's business. So I was excited to meet you and Tasha. Um, But I, I don't, I love meeting people. I love having my most favorite thing in the world is having conversation. It's my only hobby. Like I have no, I don't do sports. I don't work out. I don't like, it's conversation. But how rich is that to live in a world where we've, you know, devices and all these uh, distractions have pulled us away from a long form campfire style chat. If it, if a podcast is what forces you into that moment, it is a zone that really, and that's why your audience in mine can be so loyal because they get to put us into their ears, which is their soul. They get to really, um, and you know, like they get to really feel what we're feeling, the highs and the lows. I have to say, 
um, like, like, like if there's an expert painter who goes to a museum, they can look at every single painting and portrait and know all the details. I feel that way when I see your production quality, because I go, I see what you did here. I see your microphones. I see your editing. I see all the things that a normal audience, a normal audience might take for granted till it's gone. And I just, I, I go, oh my gosh, this is somebody who didn't get verified because she was on the show. This is somebody who didn't have a million followers given to her. You really took, I think, I mean, maybe I'm projecting, but you really took like this uh, learn it all attitude and made something out of nothing. And I'm so happy to see and encourage the next iteration of what that's going to become. That means so much. Thank you. That, that seriously means the world to me. I, I genuinely love doing it. Like, I know it sounds so corny and cliche to be like, I love my job so much. Um, But I love, like I said, conversation to me is the number one and I love creativity. And so the fact that people listen, it just means everything to me. So I want to make sure if I'm doing it, I'm doing it well. And I want to honor the fact that people are tuning in. Um, But this is my excuse too to have an art form where it's in conversation not as much social media. I probably am not as active on social media as I should be. It gives me wild anxiety just because there's so much busyness. (laughs) So I'm like, if I can focus my, whatever craft I do on conversation, like in person, um, or even just via zoom, it, it's just, it means I love it. I love it. Yeah. And uh, and you're you're part of a, a rebirth, as a lot of people are. 2023, new year, new me. Where are you in the spectrum of OMG, Chatty Broads is ending to let's get this puppy off and running? Are you uh, checking the analytics every five minutes? Like where 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 are you? Open up to us. I okay. So the truth is, I have not looked at any of the numbers since it dropped. I in fact. Um, Elise from The Bachelor, who was so gracious to come on our show for the first episode, sent me the sweetest message. And she was like, savor in this moment. Don't look at the numbers yet. Wait until a new day. And it was the encouragement I needed because I'm like, I'm proud of what we did. I loved doing it. So I'm just not going to look. Now, Evan's looked, but I won't let him tell me (laughs) for like the next 48 hours. And then we'll hash out and regroup everything. But, um, you know, I think with Chatty Broads, what I was so grateful for with how we ended it is that when we decided that we were going to close it, we talked to the audience about it numerous months in advance. So that was helpful for me to take that time to process and have that like grief and the memories and, you know, just savor in that moment, honestly. And then now with your mom and dad, I'm ready to go. I'm amped up. You know, you give me chills when you think about how you exited Chatty Broads very emotionally. To, you know, you you seem to wear your heart on your sleeve. And I think even if someone's just listening to you, the timber and the voice, the changing of, you know, not, you know, being, letting an audience feel these thoughts. I mean, everyone leaves a job and moves on or a relationship and everyone feels these moments where one part of you is ending and it does provide room for the next place to start from. And we often collectively get too um, complacent with what is 
uh, passable in the moment, but there might be something better around the corner. Not to say that Chatty Broads wasn't an amazing moment of your life, but like the better thing might be a deeper connection with your husband and a deeper shared uh, project and all these all these amazing things that you're going to be able to give an audience who in turn is going to learn healthy communication and it's going to provide them value when they're at their jobs or, you know, you're providing a friendship in on a, like a mass scale almost to, to, to really put it what it is. That's kind of what podcasting is, right? Oh, and, and that's exactly what you said. You put it perfectly. I mean, you know exactly how it is when you get messages from people who your work means something to them, helps them process through like a hard time, or even if it's just, you know, Evan and my perspective, we're like, we want to have like this positive, fun moment in the week, like kind of a bookmark in the week to just laugh and breathe together. Um, but when you get those messages, it it means everything. So a lot of, you know, when we were exiting Chatty Broads, so much of the emotion was just not only did I develop this like lifelong friendship with someone who when we started, we didn't really know each other at all. And then from there, an audience that shares a lot in DMs and messages. And it's overwhelming in the best way possible. But yeah, it's it's definitely a privilege that I don't think can be taken lightly. Yeah. Sure. And and I totally, I totally relate to like those moments. I'm so like, I just had a show back in my hometown in Rhode Island and uh, a nice lady came to the show with her husband. They came from Boston. They got a hotel room. Multiple people got hotel rooms. And I just started thinking babysitters were hired. People, uh, things were negotiated with people's husbands and wives over this. The lady's husband was this giant 250 pound strong, tall man. And he comes up to me and he puts his arm around me and he goes, thank you so much for like keeping my wife company while I'm at work. And I go, I go, Oh my God, you don't think of these things when you're just talking through the mic and it's going into the cloud somewhere. And then it gets actualized in the moments where you end chatty broads. It gets actualized in the moments where you meet somebody out and you really get to see the impact that you have, which is far greater than any impact you would have had pre-technology because you know this lets people really, and again, there are thousands of pot hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there that don't last five episodes you've got a you've got a talent that transcends like what you can describe what it is it's just a friendly nurturing graceful a, a accompaniment to other people's days so definitely like that will that will carry on with your new show for sure Thank you. I'm I'm feeling so encouraged right now. I so appreciate you. But no, I mean that's the big thing. Those moments, exactly what you're talking about. That's to be honest, the biggest reason my nerves were through the roof dropping the first episode because you're like, okay, I feel so honored that people are willing to tune in. So I want to make sure that it's something that is good that people enjoy. And obviously, you know, when it comes to art and creativity, it's, you know, some people love it, some people don't, and that's okay. But if I'm going to do it, I'm like, I want to do it well to honor the people who are tuning in. And I always say this as a stand up on stage, you want to walk some of the audience, get off at the next stop. If this ain't for you, we need to make room for the people that this is sure. for. And you might sure. get some of that. You might get some of it. Cause I get this all the time. I thought this was a bachelor show. People tell me all the time, it's a Dave Neal show. And we're just going <laughs> to, you know, it's like, we're going to pull some bachelor crowds as we, go in the direction that I feel passionate about, because if I'm passionate, it, it, it'll stick to some people. So what's your plan? Because it's very smart to have some Bachelor audience on, but what's your plan to take the Bachelor crowd, but also be you? You know, I 
what I'm really excited about with this now new show is that our plan is to have a, we're doing one episode a week now. So the uh, episodes are probably going to be a little bit longer and we want to have different segments throughout it. So I want to be able to hit different points. So I want to have fun, open conversation with Evan, kind of that living room, parent, family energy. But then I want to be talking, you know, in segments, talking about pop culture. We're going to have an advice segment at the end of every episodes where uh, episode where people can call in um, doing interviews. And typically the interviews are going to be with people in the reality TV space, but interconnecting reality TV with relationship. And obviously like, you know, the shows that we're going to be covering are relationship and romantic base. So we feel like it's a way that we can have real life, honest conversations about what we know from at least our experience of being together for a long time and kind of have that behind the scenes relationship, open conversation throughout it. But I think the segment piece too is what I'm really excited about because I think it's going to be able to maybe touch on different people's interests. So it's not just like, an episode, two hours long, just about this one specific thing the entire time, but having just a variety. I'm excited. Well, you've got your work cut out for you, so I won't take up any more of your time, but I love what you do. It's called Your Mom and Dad. For everyone who's listening to my channel, you're probably already a fan and a friend of Jess's, but if you're not, go check it out. Uh, Thank you so much for stopping by and telling me a little bit about your show. Dave, I so appreciate you, and we're going to be doing Bachelor News, so... I would love to have you come on and give us all of your info because Lord knows you're my source. So you and Bachelor Rabbit Hole, Dave Neal, Bachelor Rabbit Hole, those are my sources. I'm right down the road for all your for any last minute flaking guests. Just come hit me up. I'll be on the 101. I'll be there shortly. Please. Oh my god, a lifesaver. Well, thanks again. It was nice talking to you. Thanks so much, Dave. All right, folks, if you enjoy this exclusive content I'm giving the Bachelor podcast here, Bachelor Rush Hour, make sure to double check that you're subscribed, like this, heart it, whatever your podcasting app tells you to do, give it a review. If you have an iPhone, please go to Apple Podcasts, type in Bachelor Rush Hour and give us a nice review. Hit follow. Those are the metrics that help us get featured on the page. And also the the other good thing you can do, share it on your social media, share it with your friends, share it with your Facebook communities. We appreciate all the support. Hey, unless there's any wild breaking news, that's going to do it for me. We will be back Monday with more content. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour.